She's a former premier, former school trustee, former cabinet minister, and now she's quietly enjoying her retirement. Kathleen Wynne joins us for a segment called Stuff That's Working, Stuff That's Not Working. Hi. Hi, John. How are you? I'm good. I don't know about quietly. No, no, okay, well, let's talk a bit about that. I know you and I were trading emails yesterday, sort of giving this segment some shape. And I said in the stuff that's working category would be Kathleen Wynne's new life. And you wrote back and said, well, that's not that interesting. But I do find it interesting. I think a lot of people want to know what it's like to go from a hard charging job to living in, in a fairly remote place. And also you have kind of an unconventional house that you're running right now. It reminds me a bit of David Crombie, the former mayor. He lives in a triplex with his daughter and uh, grandkids, but they all have their own units. But what's life like yeah. for you? Yeah, we, we're the same. We're in a, a semi uh, out near Alliston. So we have our, you know, we have our own houses, but they're connected. My, uh, my daughter and her five-month-old twins and toddler, two-and-a-half-year-old toddler, live on the other side of the wall. So that's why I said the quiet. Not sure, not sure about the quiet. There's a lot of life up here, but it's it's great. And my other grandkids are in Orangeville. So I've got six grandkids within reach. It's uh, it's a pretty rich and, and uh, lively existence, I have to say. But is it like flipping a switch? I mean, you go from premier to MPP and then you decide to step away from all of that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a much quieter life, I'm sure, notwithstanding the kids. Yeah. And it, it, it's I was thinking about this after we were talking yesterday. It's like, and I'm I'm using a running analogy because I've run all my life, but um, you're running really hard, you know, and then when you get to the end of the race, it's like you kind of float over that finish line and kind of what's the structure, what's there. It's not that you fall off a cliff. It's just that the structure of your days is so different, John. Um, I get up in the morning and... I still, I'm still engaged in the news and I, you know, I want to know what's going on, but I, I'm not, I'm not part of the game, you know, so it's a, it's a real adjustment. And then all the pieces, putting the pieces together of, um, of an engaged life. And I was thinking about making a list of the things that I'm doing, you know, I'm serving on a couple of volunteer boards. I'm teaching a course at U of T and then people ask me to come and speak. And last night, for example, I was, uh, I was at an event for the Lieutenant Governor, Elizabeth Dadswell, who is moving out of that position. And, and it was interesting. I was talking as the only person in the room who had actually been in a relationship with her as the premier and the lieutenant governor, you know, where I would go and visit her every month and we would talk about what was going on in government and she played this nonpartisan role. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting position that I'm in now, having played all those roles. And I feel that part of my responsibility is to share, sort of pull back the curtain and share what that life was like and give people a bit of an understanding, if they're interested, and people do seem to have questions, um, in what it was like to play those roles. Okay. Well, let's do something that is not working. And I think it's worth okay. noting for people hearing this segment for the first time, you're not just here to speak as a former premier. You're here to offer perspective based on all 
all of your experience and all of your perspective. Uh, Saskatchewan Premier Mo is invoking the notwithstanding clause, in, and he's actually invoking it to delay an injunction, which I don't think has ever happened before. But all of this is over this business of if your kids were to confide, for example, with a teacher that they were gay or they wanted to use different pronouns or another name, that teacher would have to scoop up the phone and call the parents. And I think to a lot of good parents, that seems to make sense because they want honesty with their kids. But to an awful lot of other people, you know, um, I where was it? I saw some guy say, uh, this. Oh, it was a picture of his father. And he said, uh, this is my father who was gay. And his father said he was going to beat the gay out of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this this is just, you know, talk about not working. This is something that's not working on so many levels from my perspective, John. Um, the very the very basic issue for me is that this is uh, this is an issue that and a, and a policy that if it you know, if it is implemented, will put kids at risk. And that is that's the fundamentally problematic thing about it so why would we move backwards in terms of uh of kids who who are struggling with who they are or they're making decisions on their own the notion that somehow parents already know everything or should know everything about their kids at school that's not the case anyway you know and so i think what um what Premier Mo and Higgs in uh, in New Brunswick, and even Ford, even Premier Ford has said, you know, this is something that he he thinks should uh, should be the case that parents should have the right to know everything about their kids. Um, what's missing from that is should parents have the right to know everything about their kids if that puts kids at risk? And we don't talk about that second part of the question. And the reality is that. It would put kids at risk. And the second part of this that I find really disturbing is that Scott Moe is using the notwithstanding clause, which was never designed, never envisioned to be used for something like this. It was actually designed to be used to protect people. And and it's being used to to weaponize, uh, you know, an attack on on the queer community. So particularly on trans kids. So I just think it's very political. I think that, um, you know, this guy, Mo, in Saskatchewan sees this as a political opportunity. And I think it's he's bullying. And I just think it's it's wrong and it's going to put kids at risk. So we need to push back against it. I'm sitting on a, a group of activists and organizations, um, organizations like EGAL that are taking a legal case against uh, against the, the Saskatchewan government. And I think I think we have to really be clear that the role of schools is to be a safe place for all kids. Okay, let's uh, pull from the other bin, and this is stuff that's working. Um, this week, it was interesting to see the response after people were harassed at a Jewish-owned diner on university. And the next day, there was a lineup around the block, and you can see all the pictures. As um, you know, Joe Cristiano, he produces this show. He went. He met up with um, Joe Warmington and then the local MP, Kevin Vong. And I think everybody kind of hit the right notes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I think that's the kind of message we need to send in uh, in the city that 
um, the the kind of division and hatred and anger um, is not acceptable and anti-Semitism will never be acceptable. So I was really pleased to see that that was the reaction. Although, John, I wasn't surprised. I would have been surprised if there hadn't been that kind of reaction. So it was it was gratifying that uh, that people rallied and and really supported um, the cafe. So. Let's keep doing that, folks, because uh, it's dark out there, and we need to we need to hang together here in uh, in Ontario and Canada. It was very much an "I am Spartacus" moment, I think. Um, yeah. Not a lot of time on the clock, but I was curious about your thoughts. Alberta Premier Daniel Smith is uh, fighting with the feds over the pension plan in Alberta, and of course, that's something you did. And what's interesting is it seems that everybody who opposed you on that is now supporting her just because she's a conservative and you were a liberal. But here's the thing, what we were doing was we were saying that here in Ontario, we believed that there needed to be a top up on the Canada pension plan. And uh, I was sitting at the table with premiers from across the, across the country. We all believed that this was important. This was in 2013, 2014, um, that there needed to be a top up because it hadn't been updated. And we said it was Stephen Harper at the time. We said, you know, if um, if the the prime minister and uh, the country isn't ready to do a top up we're going to start our own plan here in ontario but only to top up the cpp we never ever envisioned pulling out of the canada pension plan because we knew and we know that that would weaken the plan enormously i don't get what daniel smith is doing i think it will weaken the the pension plan for the people in alberta and people across the country. I don't think it's going to happen, John. I think that she is um, she's sending a signal to her base. Uh, it is worrisome that she seems to be going so far on it, but it's a cracked idea, and I don't think it's a political winner for her, and I think she needs to get out of it somehow. Well, thanks a lot for this. Great chat. Great to talk to you. Thanks a lot, John. Okay, we'll meet up next week. That's Kathleen Wynne, former Premier of Ontario, with stuff that's working and stuff that's not working.